who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested, and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android, or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. Wander with us into a world of magic. Do you lack magic? Where old stories take on a new life and the world is teeming with possibilities. Well, for the last time, we're not kissing, Fritz. Join Jenny and Madeline in this fantastical audio drama as they journey into the stories you grew up with. Okay, Gown. Let's do this. And reinvent fairy tales with a feminist twist. Ready for your next adventure? Then we'll see you soon in the forest of feminist fairy tales. Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Angry Angry Neighborhood Neighborhood Feminist. Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. What's up? What's up? Welcome back. I just spilled a white claw. (laughs) Yeah, it smells like raspberry white claw in here now. I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it either, but somebody tried to tell me online that white claw was owned by Nazis, (gasps) and I was so sad for like a second. I, I really like, hope that's not true. I don't think it's true. I did some quick Googling and I couldn't find anything to back up that claim. Okay. So somebody was just being... I mean, it is called White Claw. Yeah, what are they trying to say? And I have been very offended by all of the um, basic bitch white girl memes about yes, White Claw. Yes, I immediately thought of you where it's talking about like the popularity of White Claw. I'm like, ooh, Keegan. I'm happy to be a basic bitch. Oh, I'm too. That's totally fine. fine. But like, I'm like, hey, it's not just white people that like this shit. Shit's right? good. Okay. It's tasty for you. It's, it's refreshing. <laughs> yeah, it's refreshing. Oh, well, you guys, we were just saying we have nothing but shit. But luckily, I was able to pull up. Well, not Scrounge shit up. like it's bad. Like shit like it's sad. Bad news. Yeah. yeah. I was able to scrounge up something happy so we won't just be depressed this whole episode. Yeah. Let's start with something that we're both talking about. Just okay. get it out of the way. We're not going to focus too much time on this because. First of all, there's not a whole lot that can be said. Yeah, my cat is talking right now. I don't I know. If, that was Anthony. I'm like, Anthony, shut up. I don't know if that's coming through on the microphone, but Hicks talks. Uh, <laughs> if you don't know what that sounds like, Google like Siamese cats talking. That's what Hicks sounds like. Um, okay. So we have devoted an entire episode to this in the past, an entire mini episode. It's really, of course, heartbreaking and tragic and sad, but there is not a whole lot that can be said that hasn't been said a million fucking times and it does get to the point of just like um exhaustion with these things well and we haven't said it but we are talking about the el paso and the dayton ohio and the gilroy shooting there were three shootings that happened back to back to back in less than a week yeah Um, and 
spoiler alert, this Monday we are talking about right-wing terrorism. So a lot of the stuff we will be discussing, but I would like to touch a little bit on the the Dayton shootings. Well, let's touch on all three, if you don't mind. Okay, no problem. Um, Let's go chronologically. Yes. So Gilroy happened first. So there was a shooting on July 28th that left four dead and 13 injured in Gilroy, California. Investigators discovered evidence that the shooter had been, quote, exploring violent tendencies and had created a list of potential targets, including the Garlic Festival, as well as several religious organizations, courthouses, federal buildings, and political institutions involving both Republican and Democratic parties. Because of the threat to nationwide organizations, the FBI is actually looking into this as a domestic terrorism incident. I was in Missouri whenever this happened, and it happened here in California. California, yeah. And I, you know, it's like, you don't feel like you can go anywhere. This was a garlic festival. Like, how many beer festivals have I gone to? How yeah. many, like, and events honestly, like that have I been to? garlic festival? That oh, sounds like my home. It's like a Keegan trap. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like, like it might as well be called the Madigan Festival. Yeah, exactly. We, five cloves of garlic and everything. We could have easily have been there. Yeah. You know what I mean? It yes. Had it been in Los Angeles and not in Gilroy, which isn't that far away anyway. Yeah. You know, we, we could have been there. And so then on August 3rd is when the El Paso shooting happened. Yes. And this was the most deadly of these three shootings. Yeah, it's like, it's the most deadly shooting that we've had in the U.S. in a long time. The, the it's gunman, the most deadly of 2019. Of 2019, Which is one you. of those things that's like, if you have to even fucking say that, it's yeah. like, this is the most deadly mass shooting of 2019. But you know what? Next year will probably be an even more deadly one. Exactly. It's, it's ranked something like the seventh deadliest um, mass shooting or, like, mass terrorist attack of U.S. history so t- from 1949 on, I believe. So 22 people died and yeah. 24 additional people were injured in this attack. Yes. Um, the gunman was arrested very promptly and charged with capital murder. Um, I definitely want to talk more about this in our full-length episode, but, of course... You know, he published a lot of, you know, alt-right things on social media. He spelled out Trump with his guns. Yeah. It's, <laughs> and took a picture of it and put it on social media. It's pretty intense. Um, this was also the third deadliest mass shooting in Texas history. Yes. Um, he is very anti-Hispanic, anti-immigrant. Um, he, he was a self-identified white nationalist. Yes, exactly. Yes. He had a manifesto, as they all tend to, on this lovely website, 8chan, and he actually posted it 27 minutes before he went to go mm-hmm. do the deed. I mean, and he was inspired by the Christchurch mosque yes. shooting, um, and he adheres to a white genocide conspiracy theory. Yes, and I'm very excited to talk more about those conspiracy theories when we get into our full-length episode. Yes. um, Because they're very problematic, if you wouldn't have guessed already. Well, Um, I mean, it's it's fucking terrorism. Like, this is what we're going to talk about, and this is the thing that's pissing me the fuck off about this shit. It's like, I've... Never do I want to shut my social media down more than after a mass shooting because the way people fucking come out of the woodwork and it's driving me insane. It's like the only time I ever see anybody bring up mental health in terms of domestic terror attacks, because that's what this is. They are terrorists. And the only time I 
I see anybody tell me that a terrorist might be mentally ill is when they're white. Yeah. I never hear anybody coming and being worried about the mental health of an ISIS member anytime no. there's an ISIS attack ever, ever, yeah. ever. So, like, this shit, it makes me insane. But yeah. anyway. Oh, no, it makes me insane as well. Uh, do you have more in El Paso that you want to talk about That's right now? That's it. I just want to touch on it. Um, something interesting about the Dayton shooting uh, is that this guy... Well, first of all, this happened on August 4th. The day after the, the El Paso shooting. Day so after. Just ten, so you guys know, they're back to fucking back. Yeah. Ten people were killed, including the perpetrator, and 27 were injured. He opened fire at what was called Ned's Peppers Bar. Ned Peppers Bar? Um, the killer actually describes himself as a leftist, an anime fan, and a metalhead. He supported Elizabeth Warren, socialism, and Satan, and opposed Donald Trump. He was opposed to ICE, was in favor of gun control, and called the El Paso shooter a terrorist. And for me, it seems so backwards. And this was the, the shooting that I was seeing a lot about mental illness, about his possibility of schizophrenia, about classmates who spoke about him being unwell and things like that. And I think that it's easy for people like us who are on the left to, not us in particular, because we wouldn't do that, but I think there are people on the left who are easy, will easily kind of um, leave those details out that he uh, identified himself as being on the left. Mm -hmm. But I think it's still important because there's clearly, like, being an extremist on either side, I think, can be detrimental. The fact that he was, like, for gun control is very bizarre to me. You know, though, the sources that I'm seeing for that are mostly on places like Wikipedia. I'm seeing them other places as well. But I would really want to see the sources for that because... For him being pro gun control, this he was. I think he was in his twenties. He was uh, twenty. I want to say like twenty four. Yeah, he was young. And he, people were coming out and saying that in high school he had extremely violent tendencies. Yeah, they and were saying that he had like a hit list. He had a hit list yeah. of people he wanted to kill and rape in high school. Right, and he talked but about maybe, shooting up a his high school. But maybe he felt that he was excluded from the gun control laws that would be at place. Maybe in his brain, he was able to rationalize it to the point where, like, that didn't apply to him. Maybe. That's the only way I can ever think that he would and, still and in be this case, pro gun control. we'll never fucking know. No. Because, you know... Well, you're an asshole. I'm sorry. Like, I... Of course I have sympathy for the family and things like that, but it's like... And I don't want people to well, die. Ten, not the, even the perpetrator. Nine people are like, dead. Like, nine yeah. people are dead. Because of you. Because of you. And that's the thing, is it's like... I have sympathy for humanity always, but you know what? I don't need to know. I don't need to know everything about this person. I don't, I didn't write down his name. I don't give a fuck. I didn't write any of their names down. I don't give a fuck what their names are. Mm -hmm. I really don't give a fuck. I care about the people who died and what you did. And if you're gone, you're gone. It's confusing and we want answers because we are human beings. Right. And we we are now left to speculate about what the issue is because some people are saying it was racially motivated because most of the people that he shot and most of the people in that area that night were black. Mm-hmm. And we just can't know. But at I the mean, same time, it's like, there, you know, we, you and I are big true crime consumers. There is a point where it's less about the why and it's mm-hmm. more about the facts of what happened. We need to stop searching always for the why and we are going to discuss a bit of the 
maybe a bit of the why, maybe a bit of the history in this episode coming in on Monday. But I think the most important thing to remember, rather than trying to figure out these fucking psychopaths, because that's what they are. They're psycho. Like, they're, you can call them mentally ill, you can call them whatever well, you want. The these is, are people who have no regard for human life. And, like... I, I hear what you're saying. You know, I hear what you're saying. But I, I do me. think it is... I think we need to be careful about calling them psychopaths or sociopaths or even mentally ill because the thing is you don't have to be those things right. to be radicalized then what do I call into them? hating a group of people. I mean, you don't have to be. Most terrorists, I don't think, are mentally ill. And I don't think they're psychopaths. It's hard for us to wrap our minds around something to not put those labels on them. For me, it's hard. To, like, what? For me, it's like, then what am I supposed to call them? You know I don't know. I mean, like, I mean and, and that's why we're searching for answers. Like, with someone, with the El Paso shooter, it's easier for me because I'm just like, yes. I don't believe you're mentally ill. I don't believe that you're a you're psychopath. Hateful. I think that, I don't think hate is a mental illness. And no. I don't think being radicalized is a mental illness. No. Um, I think that there are elements that you've had your brain warped and manipulated by yeah. things that are happening around you. But, that's not a mental illness. Yes. This guy in Dayton is a bigger mystery. And, like, I don't know. Maybe he was mentally ill, but maybe he wasn't. Like, maybe yeah. he just wanted to kill people. Yeah. I mean, I guess the, the point that I'm trying to make through my anger is just that I don't care. I care about the people who died. I don't I don't care what this guy's background is. I care about the families who are left behind. I think the only mm -hmm. reason that we should care about the history of these people as true crime consumers that we are is because we want to find a trend and we want to find a way to end it. But the point, is, like, the thing is, there's no use talking about any of it if nothing's going to be done. Exactly. It doesn't matter. Like, the people who keep bringing up mental illness to me, I'm like, well, then advocate for stronger mental health. Yeah. Advocate for free mental health. But you're not doing that. So... You're just going to bring up the same shit over and over, and we should bring up that um, a lot of people on the right have even pushed to make stronger legislations on violent video games. They've yeah. decided that violent video games are the problem. And here's the thing, and this is where, you know, we'll, we'll, we will move on, but, like, other countries have mental health problems. Yeah. Other countries have violent video games. No other country, no other developed first world country has the same problem with mass shootings as the United States. Yeah. Period. I agree. So there's something else. And that's what I think that if we are going to focus on the shooter themselves is that it's finding a trend and it's finding a pattern outside of what our comfortable answers are. And then doing something about it. If yeah. you decide that it's mental health, find Do a something fix. something about it. Find yeah. a fucking fix. Yeah. Well, I'm going to talk about something equally as awful. So, U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement officers, or ICE officers, arrested nearly 700 people on August 7th. They raided several food processing plants, and more than 600 ICE agents were involved in the raids surrounding the perimeters of these plants, preventing the, the workers from escaping. And this marks the largest raid in the last decade. So, this raid took place during work or school hours. So, all of these people were being arrested and taken away, and their children were in school and there's a video of this young girl whose like family friend mm -hmm. brought them to say goodbye to her mother and she's so confused she doesn't understand like she's gonna have to stand some sort of hearing even though she's a u.s citizen being born here but like these parents are being taken from their children and the people in the community are kind enough that they opened up this gym where the kids would stay but you're basically setting up another camp 
for right. them and in a way it's, like, it's temporary caring, you can't keep them there you forever can't. and like and they're crying and they don't know i mean these kids are all ages the, the, their parents like no, we're monsters girl we're monsters yes. like what we're doing is like this country what we're doing it's it's becoming really really hard for me like I, to the point where i feel like i need to shut my social media down yeah for a little while because like when we take a look at what we're doing yeah it is so inhumane mm-hmm. and fucking horrifying and anyone who's taken like who understands any amount of like history of what we did yeah in south america and central america and how we created these problems mm-hmm. we created these problems that these people are trying to f- to flee from mm-hmm. and now when they're trying to like seek asylum or come somewhere safer for their families we're punishing them we're and we're ripping their families apart. Yeah. We are ripping their families and it, apart. And it makes me think of, you know, if any of you have listened long enough, you know that I have done a lot of, I've spent a lot of my life learning about the Holocaust and things like that. And I remember watching the TV movie about the Diary of Anne Frank, where there's a scene where the parents and the children are being ripped away from each other and the, the daughters and fathers and things like that. And... I think about myself, like, I had really bad separation anxiety as a child, and my first real huge, like, notable panic attack was when I was seven years old. My mom was, or sorry, I was ten years old. My mom was seven minutes late from home. My door was locked, and I can remember that feeling vividly. Thinking about a day where I was expecting my mom to pick me up from school, and her not being there, and not knowing where she was, having no way of contacting her, not understanding what's going on, being a child, and only wanting your parent, and then being told, you can't go home to your bed, you can't go home to any of your safety, we're going to put you in this gymnasium with all these other kids, it just, it brings that panic back into me. It makes me feel that panic that I did when I was 10 years old. Well, and but even if you're a, a fairly level, self-sufficient kid, right? Like, I loved my parents, but I feel like I've always been a fairly, like, independent person. My separation anxiety was intense. Right, and I, and I know that. It was intense. But even if you were a fairly independent person, yeah. the trauma... Because it's not just your parent being taken away. It's everything about the life that you knew and understood is being taken your away. Comfort. Your comfort's being taken away. Your safety has been taken away. The people who are doing it are the people that you've been taught are supposed to be protecting you. Yeah. Like, the trauma, it will never, it will never go away. It will never go away. And you know what? We are responsible for that trauma. There will be an entire generation of children who grow yeah. up with incredible trauma and yeah. that will be our fault and you know if they grow up to do things because of that that trauma great we'll t- but if they grow up to do negative things because of that oh, trauma we will turn great. around and point the finger at them and say look they're bad they're bad yeah. people and it's like no no we no can't. we created this problem yeah like we created this problem and that's you know, why it needs to be known i mean i've known about obviously we've spoken about this a lot i've known about this a lot I watched the last season of Orange is the New Black, and I'm not going to say anything for spoilers. I know Keegan hasn't watched since, like, season three or whatever. <laughs> but they there's a whole storyline around the characters who were in the prison who are in these ICE detention centers. And actually seeing it play out, seeing these characters, you know, they, they visited these places, and one of the actors... Um, family was actually taken away when she was very young, and she played one of the people who was imprisoned in the ICE... Um, prisons basically and seeing how it played out and actually seeing it in front of your eyes was incredibly shocking and it kind of got this resurgence of like fire in me that made me want to do something about it and then reading about it online and just like 
not even getting answers about what I'm supposed to do. Like, it's you so know, infuriating to me. The older I get, you know, we talked about my job and how I'm feeling about it right now. And I'm not going to go into to details on all of that. But, like, I do feel like some of what's making me dissatisfied about my life right now and my job and, like, everything else is that what good am I doing? Do you know what I mean? Like, I kind of feel like maybe I need to find something where I'm helping somebody, like, where I'm doing, like, something, especially since I've, I've become really cynical in a lot of ways where I'm like, the world is going to be a fiery pit of hell in, like, 40 years. So what can I do, Yeah, <laughs> like, in that time span yeah. to make any kind of, like, positive impact at all? It's Because sitting at a desk all day isn't doing it. It ain't it. You know what depressing. I mean? Yeah, and that's the thing. But then, you know, you turn it around and the fact that, especially where we live, it's like you need those jobs to survive. To live to here. To be able to right. do those things. Because yeah. that, for me, is the frustrating thing is that I work in a job that I... You know, I love children. I love taking care of them. But at the same time, it's not what I want to do with my life. But I have to do those things in order to do the other things that I care right. about. I know. And, and, that's, and that's the that's, struggle. That's, that's the struggle. The thing is that, you know, you want to do more, but people, you can only do so much. So I'm right. hoping that in some small iota of the universe by us just talking about it right now and no matter how many people listen to it if anybody's listening to it like get fucking angry about this and do what you can do even though it's hard and i Talk hope to people i about hope it. you know from even listening to this one episode there's a plethora of things for you to be pissed as fuck about yeah there <laughs> like is. find your thing that like you can do something with and that's about, what's hard you know, it's like, like how do i narrow it down to one thing to be pissed off at? yeah because there's a million things <sighs> um so i had another thing but i'm gonna skip it okay. and just go to my final thing here okay. um tony morrison passed away on monday night at the age of 88 she was a revolutionary black thinker, activist, and writer. She won a Pulitzer Prize for her novel, Beloved. Um, She was a massive inspiration to not only black people, but specifically black women. She was such a huge um, trailblazer. She was the first black woman to win a Nobel Prize in literature. Mm -hmm. In 2012, she was awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom from President Obama. Uh, She was the first black female editor at Random House. The list just goes on and on. She went to Howard University, which is like a traditionally black college. And, you know, she lived a good long life. She lived to be 88. And I think she wrote her first novel at like 45, which is like something inspiring. that it's so inspiring. Yeah. Um, but I just wanted to touch on that because to the black community, she was an icon. Yeah. And, you know, we just, we lost a great. Yeah. So I just wanted to yeah, give her a quick deserves, shout out. She deserves the recognition. Well, I'm going to attempt to end on a more positive note. The actor Danny Trejo. Yes, Machete. Machete. He did something great. He jumped into action after witnessing two vehicles crash, causing one to roll over. The overturned vehicle was then sitting on its roof and still had a baby strapped into the car seat inside. Are you telling me he's a real-life superhero? He's literally a real-life superhero. He tried crawling in through a broken window but couldn't get the seatbelt unhooked. With the help of another bystander, whose name was Monica Jackson, they were able to free the child. He says the only thing that saved the little kid was his car seat. The Los Angeles Fire Department told CNN affiliate KABC that three people were taken to the hospital and their injuries were not life-threatening. Um, can we please get him, like, a medal, a key yeah. to the city or yeah. something? 
Yeah. And he makes good tacos. He's got like a taco He's restaurant. got a donut thing somewhere. But he says something really great. He says, everything good that has happened to me has happened as a direct result of helping someone else. Everything. Ugh. Uh, why does that make me want to cry? I know. After, like everything we've talked about today, I'm just like, oh my god, it's like a bright spot. It was like, it was like we had this emotional like upheaval. We're going uphill, feeling angrier and angrier, and then all of a sudden you see one glimmer of hope, and you're so emotional because of everything else that you hear one good thing, and you're like, oh my god, thank you, Daddy Trejo, you're my hero. I love him. I love him so much. I thought this story was so touching. I thought we maybe needed like. A quick something at the end that there are no good thank people you. in the world. That, that's a palate cleanser. <sighs> Didn't know how badly I needed it. Yeah. You know, I sometimes, you know, sometimes you just got to watch some Mr. Rogers. Somebody posted um, in my My Worst Date Facebook group, somebody posted bloopers from the Mr. Rogers show. No. It's the most wholesome thing you've ever seen. Oh, like, my gosh. I was just like, oh, my God. Was she like, oh, shoot, let's my, do that again. He's just precious. Like, I was like, I didn't know that my heart needed this so much. But, oh, my like, gosh. I'm going to watch that immediately. It did. I'll tag you in it. Um, you know, I guess since we have just, like, a, a teeny bit of, like, extra time, that's what we can say right now is just, like, we get it. I get it. This world feels like a dumpster fire. This last week, I have felt seriously considered getting off of social media because, like, I have felt so. I don't go on it as much as I used to anymore. I, I, I need, like. I, I need to get off of Facebook more, but I like manage pages, and so yeah. it's hard for me to get off of there. But like, it. I, I don't just, go through my newsfeed anymore. I feel so helpless because it just, especially especially when it comes to shootings, because I just feel like how many times can we have the same conversation? Like how many times can we be upset about the same thing and nothing ever happen ever because no one wants to ever acknowledge what the problems are and like work to fix those problems. And it can be really easy to like sink into feeling like absolute shit. Yeah. Yeah. But, (laughs) but (laughs) like with all that being said, remember that there are really good people out there. There, there are, are genuinely are kind people out and there. And there are good things in the world for you to distract yourself. And because you distract yourself with good things, or like we talked about last week, The Bachelor, mm-hmm. whatever. If that's something you can get your mind off of things for a minute, do it. Right. We need it. Like, recharge. Indulge. Recharge. Indulge. Whatever. Up your fucking, like, health or whatever. You know, like, if you're playing a video game, I always yep. think about it like that, where, like, your health gets depleted. I never play so, video like, games, so. So, like, up your health, like, rest, regenerate, and then get back in there. You know what I mean? Because if Only all do of what us, you can do. If all of us get tired, though, and if all of us, like, feel helpless and hopeless and give up, then what chance do any of us have? Seriously. And that's why we need like, to find the good, beautiful people and beautiful things in the world like Jenny Trejo. Yes. Oh. God bless Danny Trejo. Goddess bless. Excellent button there. Goddess that was very good. Um, so if you would like to send us any stories, even if you just want to write us and tell us what's making you happy right now uh, or what's making you angry right now, we'll take any of those. If yep. you have any sister solidarity stories for us, coming out stories, uh, please email us at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com. You can also direct message and follow us on Instagram, which is where a lot of our stuff goes down at Angry Neighborhood Feminist. You can check out our Twitter, although fun fact, I could not figure out how to turn off my Twitter notifications, and it wouldn't stop 
like buzzing at me <laughs> in the middle of the night. So I literally like rolled over, like uninstalled Twitter from my phone and like went back to sleep because I, don't I was like, you. I cannot deal. But I am going to figure that out <laughs> and don't you reinstall just go, Twitter. Go to your settings. And I go did to, that, oh. but then I Googled it and it was like, you have to get online. You have, you have to get, like, you can't do it from the app. And I'm what? like, well, I'm not doing that right now. So anyway. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can do so at Yamf Podcast, Y-A-N-F Podcast. You can also follow us on Facebook. We have a business page and a group page. You can leave us a review on our business page or on Apple Podcasts. We always love getting new reviews on Apple Podcasts. And you can also listen on Radio Public. Uh, we like it. It is a free app. It's free for you. It's good for us. And I think that's... That's business. That's everything, you guys. Thank you so much for listening today. With all that being said, we encourage you to to rage on. on. Bye-bye. Wander with us into a world of magic. Do you lack magic? Ever since I was born, I could hear the spirits of the other world. Where old stories take on a new life If you break even one of these conditions, the consequence is death. And the world is teeming with possibilities. It's midnight, girls! They're here! Get ready to change! For the last time, we're not kissing, Fritz! Join Jenny and Madeline in this fantastical audio drama as they journey into the stories you grew up with as you've never heard them before. You are no more than a demon! Okay, Gown. Let's do this and reinvent fairy tales with a feminist twist. Ready for your next adventure? Then we'll see you soon in the forest of feminist fairy tales.